This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So with Tesla busting out to yet another new all-time high, I realize that this can be somewhat demoralizing to many of us value investors, right? Because it's now trading at 172 times. It's been much more expensive than that in the past, actually but it's nowhere near a value stock by any of the classical definitions. And even if you look at it on a non-classical definition, I would say it's also not a value stock. So again, I know many of you are looking at that or the all-time highs in some of these tech expensive names and thinking, you know, how can this keep going? Where are we headed to? Should I keep buying my boring value stocks? Maybe I should sell those and just dive in, right? This is when we get kind of uh, questioning what it is we're doing as value investors. But my advice to you all is to stay focused. There are plenty of outstanding value stocks with great returns that are out there. They might not all be in tech or social media or Um, you know, cybersecurity or any of those hotter areas. But that doesn't mean you can't be a successful investor and grow your wealth by being in these um, old style, so to speak, types of companies. And to boost your spirits this week, I'm going to talk about five of what I call 10-year value superstars. Because someone on Twitter tweeted out that Tesla is up 26,000% in the last 10 years since its IPO, essentially. And while none of the value superstars that I could find were up anywhere even close to that, not even close, you don't need to have a 26 thousand percent winner but of course that would be fantastic but you don't have to have that again to meet your investing goals grow your wealth and uh live your dreams right so um i didn't really screen for this because there's no real way to look and be like hey someone needs to tell me what are the value stocks that have done real well over the last 10 years (laughs) so i basically just plugged in ones that i thought might have done well based on some of the lists I've seen of the best performing stocks, a couple of the podcasts I've done where um, the compounding advisor guys have have talked about the top 30 best performing S&P 500 stocks of the last 30 years. And I figured, well, if they're they're making those lists in the last 30 years, um, probably over the last 10, some of them have done still very well over the last decade. And many of them were the value-ish type names, believe it or not. So some of these are more expensive now than they were 10 years ago when their like mini rally began. But uh, that doesn't mean they still don't have some value components. Maybe you shouldn't keep them on your your wish list for when there is a pullback or if they can get cheaper because they're growing their earnings. Um, that's what I like to do. I like to keep track of some of these uh, names that you know might s- still have another leg up here as this rally continues. So let's dive right in and see what are these stocks that they have all outperformed the S&P 500 over the last 10 years 
and they were at the time fairly cheap and um, they're not too bad right now. So let's dive right in. So the first one, no one should be really surprised. I have owned this stock at least one time in my value investor portfolio here at Zacks. I've owned its competitors because healthcare and health insurance has been hot over the last 10 years. So the first stock is United Health Group, ticker UNH. And over the last 10 years, it's up 767% versus the S&P 500, up 243% during that time. It's even outperforming the QQQ, which is up an amazing 471.9% in the last 10 years. QQQs is dominated by those big tech names, the big growth stocks. So United Health is even outperforming that. So very impressive. Now in 2011, that's right after the Obamacare would have passed. Um, and so the health insurers got a lot of new customers because everybody had to buy health insurance. And that's when the rally began. So the median PE, and I looked at the forward PEs because I'm still looking at the forward PE today. So the forward PE in 2011 was just 10.7. This is why I've owned it in the value investor portfolio in the past. And right now it's trading about 24 times. So again, this is one of the ones that is more expensive now. And the median for this year is around 21 times. So not altogether as cheap. Year-to-date stock is still up 29.5%, so still hitting new all-time highs and still with the nice rally there um, year-to-date, beating the S&P 500 year-to-date, which is up, I think, about 23% right now. Um, so United Health still got something left in the tank, even after the 10-year rally. And that was ticker UNH. Okay, then we're going to switch it over to the boring transports. And no one should be surprised that I picked out one of the railroads. They have been hidden gems with several, uh, at least one of them, making the top 30 list of the S&P 500 and even in the top 10 of the last 30 years. But that stock was Kansas City Southern. This one is Union Pacific, UNP, also one of my favorites. I want to say I... I might have owned it in the value investor at some point as well because I try to get the rails in on any kind of pullback, but I've owned various ones in the value investor over the years. Uh, this one, 10-year performance up 335%, still beating the S&P 500 up 243%, but not as good as the triple Qs. But we're trying to beat the S&P 500 and this one is doing that. In 2011, it was trading at 15.6 times. So right around the value area that we would be looking for back then. And 2021, it's now just like United Health, trading around 24 times. So it is more expensive. The median for this year is about 22.6. Shares are up 15.8% year to date. So they are trailing the S&P 500. Um, Oh, wait, this one did make the list of the top 30 of the S&P 500 over the last 30 years. So through July, this is some interesting info, through July 2021, $10,000 invested in their IPO, which was in 1991, was uh, returned $3.15 million over all that time. But that's 30 years of holding now. They've been public. 
So you would have had to hold through all those ups and downs. But if you did it, you would have ended up with 3.1 million or an annualized return of 21.3%. Very impressive. Their number in July, they were number 25 on the top 30 list. Okay, moving on from that to retail. Yes, there are always some big retail winners out there some kind of concept that just catches on and i'm not talking about amazon i'm talking about home depot ticker hd they went public in the 1980s i want to say 1981 and shares for the last 10 years as even after the housing bust were up 804 percent in that time period they're also this year in 2021 as we're still nesting at home we're still putting in the new kitchens we're still renovating and and buying things for the home up 40.8 percent year to date so still driving higher so in 2011 you paid a little bit of a premium for the stock but not horrible it was at 16 times that wasn't horrible in 2011 not as cheap as i would have liked to get it but 16 times uh right now it's at 26 times so a lot more expensive but you you still have those earnings on the increase and year to date up 40.8 percent you also get a dividend yielding 1.8 percent and interestingly even though home depot has had these spurts with these big rallies it is not on the list of the 30 stocks and i always thought it must have just been right off of the 30 which ends with annualized gains of just over 20 percent so um, the annualized must be, you know, um, maybe 18, 19% is what I'm guessing for Home Depot since its IPO um, or in the last 30 years. So yes, Home Depot been a great performer over the last 10 years. We'll see what happens going forward. HD is the ticker. And then I thought about doing Costco because I knew that that was a great performer over the last 10 years. But when I looked at the valuations, I realized in 2011 it was still very pricey trading at like 22 times or something and right now it's at like 40 times so then i was like nah i can find something cheaper than the costco but that's been a great hold too <laughs> um that one was up 346 percent over the last 10 years just fyi so instead i went to ross stores a stock you may not be considering but this uh, discount retailer, very popular, and over the last 10 years, up 408%. Yes, just basic Ross stores, ticker R-O-S-T. R-O-S-T is the ticker. And it was trading at 16 times back in 2011. So also a little bit more pricey, like Home Depot. But in 2021, it's gotten a lot more pricey, just like Home Depot as well. Um, around 25 times or so right now. And year to date though, these shares are actually down 9.1%. People getting a little bit jittery on the apparel, on these kind of discount retailers that rely on the stores um, and maybe, you know, maybe even jittery about supply chain issues. We'll see when they report earnings. But uh, yeah, shares down considerably. So you might wanna look at adding this to your watch list perhaps um the pe also has really been fluctuating for a lot of these companies during the pandemic especially these retailers so 
raw stores to start the year because its earnings were hammered last year. It had a PE of 84 times because that that E was just you know crushed down, but it had rallied off those coronavirus lows. So keep that in mind when you're looking at some of these stocks that the PEs are still a little bit um, unusual because of what's happening with the pandemic. But raw stores almost beating, well, definitely beating the S&P 500, um, trying to catch the QQQs up 471%. The QQQs, raw stores up 408 in that time period. And then we're going to wrap it up with, of course, or maybe not, of course, you might be thinking, what else is she going to do? But a bank. Yes, J.P. Morgan Chase. So this was 2011, just a few years after the bank bust, after the Great Recession. No one wanted to own any of the banks. And they've had their ups and downs over the last 10 years. It's what I consider to be it's still in a bear market and maybe just starting to come out of it. But even with those bad conditions, shares of JP Morgan over the last 10 years, still up 337%. So still easily beating the S&P 500 at 243. Year to date, it's had a nice rally up 32.4%. And they were, as you might imagine, in 2011, dirt cheap back then, trading at 7.3 times forward was the the median forward back then 2021 right now they're at 11 almost 12 let's just call it 12 with a high of 14 that e is starting to come up and if uh the rates are raised in the next year or two that is only bullish for jp morgan and all the banks that's why i have them on my list as being entering into a bull market if those rates and the 10-year yields start to rise that helps the banks on the e side so they'll still remain cheap but the e will be rising that's a good combination and i'm liking the banks here i do not own jp morgan i don't own any of the biggest banks i only own some regionals in my own personal portfolio and in the value investor but um, it's not too late, as I said, to think about some of these big banks. I've talked about them many times on the show. And I know you're all like, oh, that's so boring. But that's what happens when you come out of a bear market. Um, it is boring. They haven't done that much, although JP Morgan certainly has done far better than most of the other banks that I have been watching. So um, it's good to pick out the winners and jp morgan coming out of the financial crisis certainly was one of those and remains um, the premier bank of the big banks i would say so those are the five stocks that are been outperforming over the last 10 years not too shabby you wouldn't really be you know crying in your coffee if you owned any of these for all 10 years or even if you just got in a couple of years ago and have been able to catch some of this rally um they've been great performers so keep that in mind it's not all about the tech and it's not all about uh the new or you know the latest shiny new thing necessarily value investors can still buy at the good valuations buying those fundamentals the actual business and the earnings not the possibility of the future and they can still do well and get your goals get your dreams 
get your uh, growth and your investment working for you. So let me recap those tickers again. We had United Health Group, UNH is the ticker there. Union Pacific was the rails, UNP. And you know those they've been around since about 1865 or so. So some things never go out of style, right? We still need the transports. Home Depot, ticker HD. Then we had Ross Stores, R-O-S-T, and I'll just throw Costco in there too, even though it's not a value um, right now, but C-O-S-T because I mentioned it. And J.P. Morgan, J.P.M. is the ticker there. So some of these are, you know, kind of right in front of you. And it's easy to keep a list, as I said, of what stocks you think you might want to add to your portfolio and what makes you interested and excited about investing. So try to head in those directions as well. And as always, I've done other podcasts on how you can buy the FANG stocks or FANG men as they're maybe expanding it a bit because I own some of them in my own personal portfolio. And if you own the S&P 500 or the QQQs, you certainly own them. So I'll probably end up doing another podcast talking about that in the future. So you want to be sure to subscribe to get all of our podcasts, um, especially if you're if you're feeling depressed about what's going on out there. Make sure you join the value investors here. Um, we're all in it together, right? And we're finding those opportunities in the stock market because they are out there. So be sure to subscribe somewhere and get us on Apple Podcasts. We're on um, Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. You can get the Market Edge podcast and this Value Investor podcast two for one on SoundCloud, but be sure to get them somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.